Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Cambridge Islamic College podcast. It has been narrated in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Whenever some people gather in one of Allah's houses to recite the Book of Allah and study it among themselves, then calmness descends upon them. The angels surround them, mercy covers them, and Allah mentions them to those who are with Him. And some of the most recited verses of the Holy Quran are from the last chapter. Chapter. These verses are some of the first to be taught to children and new Muslims as well as recited regularly in congregation. So what better way for us to launch Cambridge Islamic College's podcast channel than with Sheikh Muhammad Akram Nadwi's Tafsir of Juz'amma. It is often said that Tafsir requires knowledge and understanding of all of the Islamic sciences and not just knowledge of the Arabic language. Sheikh Akram expertly deciphers the intricacies of these surahs and in his unique and inimitable manner makes them relatable. So, without further ado, let's begin this journey. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasuli Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahabihi jma'in amma ba'd. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Wa ash-shamsi wa duhaha wa al-qamari idha talaha wa al-nahari idha jallaha wa al-layl idha yagshaha والسماء ما بناها والأرض ما طحاها ونفس وما سواها فألهمها فجورها وتقواها قد أفلح من ذكاها وقد خاب من دساها <coughs> so my dear brothers and sisters inshallah today uh, I will make effort to teach at least four surahs surah al-shams surah al-layl surah al-duha and surah al-nashrah but before starting, just a few points to remind you. Uh, the first thing is, uh, you know, we should keep in mind all the time that the Quran is Rahma from Allah It is mercy from Allah Like anything else that he has given to us, you know, all the faculties that he have been given out of, because of mercy, you know, eyes and ear, mind, thinking, all those things, they are mercy from Allah Similarly, in this whole universe, <coughs> whatever helps us, it is out of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, how we eat and drink and how we enjoy the life on the face of the earth, all coming from uh, Rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And no doubt the biggest Rahmah is His guidance uh, in the form of the Quran. And the Quran says, Ar-Rahman al Quran. So His Rahman most merciful. So His best mercy upon the mankind from the beginning until the day of judgment actually is the Quran itself. The Quran is the you know, <coughs> biggest mercy upon the mankind. It has been revealed to the Prophet Muhammad and no doubt we are in his ummah so we have received that, that revelation. So this is one of the great favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But understand the Quran itself cannot make you pious. Quran cannot give you success. Quran cannot make you happy. It, it not, Quran, not, Quran is not going to force you. The Quran is only guidance. Meaning is you have to read the Quran you have to understand the Quran, you have to act upon the Quran. So once you understand the Quran, act upon the Quran, then you deserve the mercy of the Quran, then you get the success that the Quran has promised, then you can get paradise. But if people don't act upon the Quran, don't make effort to understand the Quran, don't live by the Quran, then there's no promise from Allah for the people. Actually, Quran has warned the people who listen to the Quran, but they don't act upon that. To understand the Quran actually has come to explain to you the way of the piety, you know, the, uh, the guidance. 
but Quran is not going to force you. Quran will explain to you the prayer is very important for you, but Quran will not make you to pray. Quran will explain to you what fasting is, what zakah is, what taqwa is, what khashiyah is, what khawf is, but Quran cannot make you to do this thing. You have to do. Because Allah has given you all in all the faculties. <coughs> so first thing that keep in mind, that though Quran, the mercy for Allah Taala, source of all the success, but that only depends when on our reading of the Quran, understanding the Quran, and on our living by the Quran. We live by the Quran. On the Quran. So that actually one of important thing is the knowledge that people actually get from the Quran is only when they act upon the Quran. So for example, this knowledge that when people do the prayer, the prayer stops them from evil. That only can come when you pray properly with khushu, with humility, and then you can see yourself how the prayer stops you from the evil and from the shameful acts. So Quranic knowledge comes from your own acting upon the Quran. This, is, this should be very clear in our mind. It, it, Quran is not like poetry. You know, a poet can make you in a mood, create a mood. Music can create a mood for you. Dancing can create a mood for you. The Quran has not come to create a mood for you. Quran has come to make you to think. Think, understand, and then act upon that. Quran wants to make something firm in your life. It is not just you in a mood. You know, people could be a mood, you know, then the mood goes. But what Quran creates, it remains with you all the, life, all the time. It is extremely difficult because it, it, it needs that you have to think. But once you think properly, understand properly, then the piety which comes from your understanding and acting upon the Quran, that piety will remain. It is not like a mood which comes and goes. To understand it is not like poetry. Quran is not a poetry. Quran is not a speech of good speakers who create a mood and they make everybody to, you know, you know, excited. Quran is not like that. Though some of those things also can be got from the Quran, but the real purpose of the Quran is to make you to think, make you to understand, and make you to act upon the Quran. And once you act upon the Quran, then you get all the barakah of the Quran. That's why the Quran says that kitabun anzalnahu mubarakun fattabi'uhu. The barakah of the Quran, the blessings of the Quran is following in the Quran. If you follow the Quran, then you get all the barakah and all the blessings. Second thing is, you know, I'm saying this because we have been saying it so many problems in understanding of the Quran. Quran has come in Lisanin Arabi Yimubin. Very clear Arabic language. It's Quran said clear Arabic language. You know, it is easy for you to understand Arab poetry. People can understand the speeches of the Arab people. People can understand even the hadith of the Prophet. People can understand the language of Abu Siddiq Umar Farooq. But why is it that people cannot understand the Quran? Where Quran says it is clear Arabic language. Tell me who is more powerful, more able to convey the message than Allah. If Allah cannot do that, then who can do? If Allah wants to teach you something and He cannot teach you clearly, then, then who can teach you? You know, Allah's teaching must be more clear than any other teaching. It must be more true than any other, other, other teaching. You know, He cannot you know, hide the truth from you. You know, the Quran is so, but you, people need to understand and think. Meaning is basically simple meaning is that you do, don't need to add anything to the Quran. Receive the Quran as it is. And when you are more true the Quran, more honest, and you come to take from the Quran, Quran is revealed itself to you. You understand the Quran more. Basically, come to the Quran as Abu Bakr came to the Quran, as Umar came to the Quran, as Uthman came to the Quran, as Ali came to the Quran, as all those companions. Then they basically receive from the Quran 
and they became people of the Quran. But if you add things to the Quran and you think Quran only can become clear if we add something, if our own experience, our own philosophy, then basically we are going to corrupt the Quran. To understand this properly, that you know, people don't deny that Quran is from Allah. If they deny that, they become kafir. But you can see from their attitude, they believe that Quran is not clear. And they think if they add something from their own philosophy, from their own understanding and experience, then the Quranic verses can become clearer. And the people are very, very keen to keep adding to the Quran. And when people do this thing, then basically they don't get the barakah and the uh, blessings of the Quran. So keep both things from, from very clearly. That the, though the Quran is the barakah, the Quran is the rahmah from Allah Taala. The Quran is success for the people, but that rahmah, that barakah, and that success depends on your understanding of the Quran and on, on your acting upon the Quran. If people don't understand the Quran, they don't get the barakah of the Quran. <coughs> if people don't act upon the Quran, they don't get the barakah of the Quran. They don't get success. It is not a book to create a mood for you. It is a book to make you to think, understand, and then act upon that. Second point, keep in mind that the Quran is a clear book. It is so clear, it does not need anything to, to, that you add to the Quran. You don't need any philosophy, any Sufi, spiritual you know, experience, nothing. Quran is much more clear than any experience. Quran can give you a, more than anybody can give to you, to you. The people who came to the Quran first, they did not have any philosophy. They did not have any Sufi experience. And you never can find in the history of the mankind any people who have benefited, benefited from the Quran more than the companions of the Prophet Nothing there, but you know, they came simply to the Quran, only people. They don't have any history of the philosophy, anything. But they learned from the Quran and they became the most pious people. Okay, even the Prophet the Quran calls the Prophet Ummi. You know, he does not have anything. He cannot give anything to the Quran. He cannot add anything to the Quran. He only receives from the Quran. Can we make, can, can we have anybody more pious than the Prophet No. So if you really want to learn from the Quran, get the piety, get the success, come to the Quran empty. Come to the Quran as a learner. Come to the Quran as a receive from the Quran, as taking from the Quran, not to give it to, to the Quran. So this is one thing. Second thing is, which actually uh, Allah SWT is emphasizing in this surah, Surah Shams, when Quran says, When Allah SWT sent the Quran as mercy, a rahmah for the people, he actually made people in a way they can receive the rahmah. So Allah did not create people as base, you know, as blank salat. There is nothing like that, nothing written. No, He has created people with the belief. And that what Quran actually said very often, fitrat Allah, Allah the fitra. People have got a fitra. Fitra basically means from their own birth. When Allah makes them to born, they are born on true nature. A nature which has belief in Allah Taala which believe in, believes in Allah's message, message which believes in, in Allah's rububiyya, in, and it, it is ready to accept that. Though people can corrupt it, but initially there is belief Allah in the heart of the people. Simple thing is, people have been created as a hunafa. Means they turn away from the people to Allah They have been created as the mu'mineen, as the believers. Then after that, people corrupt them. That's why Hadith of the Prophet from Abu Hurairah, Sahih Bukhari, Muslim, that the Prophet said, Every child is born on the true nature. And then it says, Then his parent, they make him Yahudi, Jew, or Christian, or Majus. 
Hadith did not say the child is born on the fitra, then his parent make him Muslim, Jew, or Christian, or Majus. Quran does not mention Islam. Quran only mentions Judaism, parent make them Jew, parent make them Christian, and parent they make them Majus. Quran does not make Quran does not say the parent make the Muslim. Why? Because people are born with Islam. Parents don't make the Muslim. People are born with the true religion. And basically, for at the birth of the people, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, they are not equal. When people are born, they are born with Islam. Judaism comes after corruption. Christianity comes after corruption. Kufr comes after corruption. People are born with in Iman. That's why Quran says about Hanifiyah. That in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, pray the Hanifiyah of Ibrahim al-Islam, the Quran says, Fitratullahi allati fatran nas alayha. Allah has created people on the fitrah of Hanifiyah. People are born that they don't want to turn to anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't you think that, you know, a child, a baby when he's born, and, and when he was given the milk of his mother, the breast of the mother, becomes happy, becomes content, he keeps crying. Who taught him this thing? Who taught him this thing? That you do? This is part of the nature. You know, the child, child from the birth knows what to eat, what to drink, what can be used for him. More than that, as the child knows the love of the mother and need to the mother, more than that, child from very beginning knows that he is dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As the child, when he is born, every child knows that they are dependent on their mother in eating, drinking, survival. More than that, every child knows that they depend on their Lord, on the Rabb. For, you know, they need to love Him, they need to you know, trust in Him, that from the very beginning, and that is so deep in the heart. Then after that, you know, environment and all the things that corrupt people, but otherwise, this is actually how things are. If people are born, grown on the true nature, then what happens is, people have been given hawas, senses. These senses, they actually enhance, they support, they, they strengthen the fitra. So people see with their eyes, people hear with their ears, people feel things, and the, all the things that they get the knowledge from around, it helps them to believe in the rububiyah of Allah more and more. If people are unto true nature. And then after that, people use their reasoning, thinking properly, that the one who created us and made all those things for us, how much he loves us, and how much mercy is upon us. And then they also believe that if we don't use this properly, one day he can punish us. One day there will be hisab, there will be accountability. The people actually, you know, if they use their reasoning properly, they can help. But since uh, certainly, no doubt, that, you know, people's environment, they can corrupt. And people actually, not everybody actually remains on the true nature properly. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His mercy is much more than we can imagine. So He does not suffice just to give people the fitra, true nature, or the senses, or the reasoning. Though they are enough, but still no. He, uh, on the top of that, He sends messengers and prophets who come and teach people. He sent the books. The people have no hujjah, no proof against him in the Day of Judgment. To understand this properly, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he actually out of mercy, then he sent messenger. Messengers don't bring anything new. They remind you of your fitra. They remind you the knowledge, then you can get it from your senses. They remind you the knowledge, then you can get it from your reasoning. They remind that, they support that, and they explain things even further. So that's how the messengers have come. The people's knowledge basically is that true. This is how it grows. From fitra to the sunset and the sunset to reasoning and from reasoning, revelation. And the revelation comes, support all the revelation actually can, can become your guide and director. 
so you know then you are directed safe safe protector from any misunderstanding and from from any wrongdoing so that keep in mind that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not create people you know with a heart which is blank no the people's heart is not blank people's heart has guidance people's heart has got love for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala people's heart has got remembrance of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it has got turning to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it knows that it actually depends on allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that 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 what hanafiya means hanafiya means that you turn away from every single thing to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dependence on allah it is part of the nature of the human being as you can see everybody can feel that child actually knows that how dependent the child is on the mother more than that every child knows from very beginning how dependent they are on all the creation of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even the mother is from allah so you can see the child from very beginning knows that it, it, it basically dependent it can't do anything on itself and every single itself supports that so that is something the quran is going to refer in the surah this ilham this fitri knowledge so the quran calls this fitri the knowledge that comes from fitra as ilham allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is part sometimes quran also calls it wahy revelation because you know it is part of a part of that but the real revelation is the one which comes through the messengers so this one thing in mind then another thing is quranic way as i mention uh, you know all the time really quranic way is not that you sing the quran and read the quran you become happy and the mood and you know excited this is not the quranic way quranic way is that you read the quran understand the quran think properly understand and then whatever quran teaching teaching you act upon that and then you do that so you know in the sufi term you know i just want to explain this thing because there's so many misunderstanding of uh, you know from uh, many many people and they don't understand and because you know the quranic verses they coming very clearly that the quran says qad aflaha man zakkaha those who purify their soul they are successful the so people need to purify their soul and the quran has made clear in in other surat what purifying the soul means the two main things qad aflaha man tazakka وَذَكَرَ اسْمَ رَبِّهِ فَصَلَّى What actually is a, a, a tazkiyah and purify the soul is, soul is salah, the prayer properly. And the second thing is zakah, which is coming in the, in the next surah, zakah, giving the zakat and money and spending and, 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 you know, and charity. So these two things are important pillars of the tazkiyah, the salah and then after that the charity, giving money in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just to please him, nothing else. Uh, this thing is going to be emphasized. So when people understand this thing and they act upon that, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purify them and clean them. And then Quran says, salata tanaha al-fahshai wal munkar. You know, the prayer comes, it purifies you and clean you and make you away from any evil. So that's what Quran says. When Quran, when people, once people act upon these two things, the prayer and the giving charity, then the Quran says, then you become happy. Quran says, wala sawfa ya rada. In the next surah is coming, that once people give charity for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ma la ahadin indahu min ni'matin tujza illa batigha'a wajhi rabbihi al-a'la wa la sawfa yarda those people who give charity and the money in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to please him they are the people who become happy Allah will make them happy and I know and Quran then after that Quran actually makes promise to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that after all the struggle and the mujahada you have done Quran says wa la sawfa yu'atika your Lord will give you and you become happy. So happiness basically in Islam comes from what? From be Iman, belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from the actions. You see, I have written actions, then success, then happiness. Meaning it, people believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they act, act upon his commands 
simple thing is iman islam the people believe properly and they surrender to him full submission to allah subhanahu taala doing the prayer properly zakat and sadaqa listening to him obedience to allah subhanahu taala then after that people get success qad aflaha man zakkaha they get success when they get success then after that the happiness comes and that way quran say you know fadkhul fi jannati quran say radiyatan marghiya you know please happy so allah subhanahu taala makes people happy no doubt that people will get happiness by this process there no other way if anybody think really happiness means just to become in mood like you know real qasida burda or some poetry and people become joyful and start dancing that is not the happiness the quran promises you this quran is not talking about mood quran wants to give you the real happiness after that actually there no 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 problem, no grief for the people la khawfun alayhim wa la hum yahzanun when the people get the real happiness then no fear and no grief and that real happiness never can be no certainly in this world that way quran said la tafrah inna allah la yuhibbu al farihin musa al islam said to firaun don't be happy don't you know don't dance in the, you know in the in in, in joyful mood la tafrah don't be happy inna allah la yuhibbu al farihin allah does not love the people who celebrate happiness they know they jump and in dance in the happy mood and quran actually also quran said that you know allah swt does not like people who are in marah you know when they are in those those moods it's very very bad you know understand really if we don't know whether we are going to fire off hell or paradise how can we happy you know if don't know what tomorrow is how there can be any happy happiness so understand the quran is teaching you fi'l not in fi'l so these two words if you understand it will help you inshallah i will say har and maqam and fi'l and fi'l let me explain the fi'l first what difference between fi'l and fi'l is quranic way is to teach you what to do then what happens as a result of that don't worry about that you know for example if somebody give, comes and gives a nice speech about charity that people in syria they're dying out of hunger and all these things and then you start crying and all you know and become you know in in uh, amazing mood and then after that you go your house don't do anything else you know you're crying in the father speech in the during the speech has no reward it is only in fi'al in fi'al means just you know you have impressed but if your fi'al does not lead to an, an act it is useless thing quran wants you to give charity for example you know you see the you know how the people plights of the people and you go and spend money and help them without any fi'al you don't cry you have nothing nothing there but you do something you do charity that's enough you need fi'al you don't need in fi'al if in fi'al happens we don't mind that but what quran wants actually from you fi'al in fi'al you want to make you to have fi'al so you know for example if your child does not behave properly then you become angry and that anger lets let leads you to discipline him and to teach him properly that's fine this anger is in fi'al this anger helps you to teach your child properly so this is praiseworthy because from in fi'al you went to in fi'al it could be sometimes you have no fi'al you don't become angry but you think that you know my child does not behave properly let me plan something and you do discipline him properly you get reward for that in fi'al is not necessary but in fi'al is helpful it can help people but in fi'al itself is not the religion you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want people just become happy and you know angry this is not the real thing real thing is that people do things so like you know you love your lord and then you worship him do ibadah properly obey him properly if people don't obey him don't worship him don't listen to him and just keep saying that we love him that's not enough 
if people say that you know we love the Prophet وسلم, and they make Eid Miladun Nabi and festivals and celebration, but they don't obey him, don't learn his sunnah, don't follow his way, this is not praiseworthy to Allah Taala. People need fi'al, not in fi'al. Similarly, the two words hal and maqam Quran say fastaqim kama umirta. Quranic way is that actions you be firm on the action. Keep praying all your life. Keep paying zakat and charity all your life. Be nice to the people all your life. This is istiqama. Quran makes you to have istiqama. What hal means? Hal means to create a mood. So like for example, sometimes you know, people can have a poetry or something, it creates a mood. And then when poetry is gone, mood is gone, then you remain the same thing. Nothing happens. Hal does not help you, does not move you further. Maqam helps you. What maqam means? When you keep praying, every prayer makes you to move further. Every month of Ramadan makes you to move further. Every subhanallah makes you to move further. Every zikr makes you to move further. Every time you follow Sunnah Prophet you become firm and firm in the religion. That is taqma, that is maqam. Maqam is praiseworthy and hal is not praiseworthy. Hal is only to help the maqam. If people actually don't have any hal, don't worry. What they need actually is maqam. But this thing really, it is very stupid. If I imagine you, you know, your child or you, you, you know, goes to the school and does not work anything does not make any effort that you know and you know that he's not going to be successful and he keeps saying i'm successful i'm successful are you going to happy because he said if he keeps saying i'm happy i'm happy does it make you happy you know need to do something you need to do something if you don't do something neither you are happy neither family will happy just by saying i'm happy because happiness in ifyal happiness in ifyal in fial is result of action it actually needs actions success then happiness and you do things properly and doing properly leads you to success then you get a happiness after that actually no problem no fear but you don't do anything no prayer no fasting no zakat no hajj and just keep saying i'm happy and happy that does not make anybody happy and is it quran don't think that i'm happy and the prophet وسلم, never you know quran's hadith the quran hits to that the prophet وسلم, the people who, who, who describe him the Prophet The Prophet always you to think, always thinking. and always in the grief. All the time the grief. And the Prophet said, if you know what I know, If you know what I know, you will laugh very little and you will cry more. If people really know the day that you're waiting for them, that will happen. To understand this thing properly, that the Quran has come to teach you, to make you understand, to think properly, and to act upon that. Any happiness that comes you know, from not acting upon the Quran, that happiness is just deception. You know, you are deceived. Happiness that comes from your, from your acting upon the Quran, and from the istiqama, from the maqam, from the fi'al, from the actions, the real happiness. That the Quran says, Tell them that Allah the Fadl and Rahmah, in which when they act upon the Quran and they do ibadah, that is something for which they should be happy. If you go for the prayer in the morning, for the Fajr prayer, should be happy and thank Allah. Still don't be arrogant. Thank Allah Taala. do istighfar that maybe I did not do properly. But when you do action, that action should bring some you know, peace in your heart, some happiness in your heart. The real happiness that the Quran actually calling people and the Prophet has been teaching. And any sensible person in this world, you know, a businessman, 
you know, not a, he opens a business and keeps saying, I'm happy. No. He knows that his happiness only comes when his business is successful. He does the business, he gets the success, then he becomes happy. He's not the celebrator in the streets that I'm happy and happy. Nobody does it. The students study in the universities and they don't celebrate I'm happy. No, they work hard, they get success, then they become happy. Believers in this world, they are to work hard. They die, they become successful, and then they are happy. And that's why the Quran, then the Quran will say to them, لا خوفنا عليهم ولا هم يحزنون. So always keep in mind, the real thing that Quran wants to create for you is maqam, not the hal, not the mood, not you know, happiness, unnecessary happiness. Quran wants to give you maqam, you know, firmness on the ibadah, on the action. Quran wants to bring to you fi'al, not the infi'al. That you know you have in fear, you know, crying and this mood. You know, this crying actually does not very often help because many times, time, you know, people actually start crying because they see other people crying. And sometimes, good speech, nice words, they can make you to move. People have said to me that there are people who celebrate, read the Qasida Burda all the night and then they don't pray for the prayer. Is it what the Quran wants from you? This is the mood Quran wants from you? You know, if you sleep all the night but wake up for the Fajr prayer, that's maqam. That is the fear. That's what the Quran wants. To understand this thing, Allah SWT wants from you fi'al, not the infi'al. He wants from you action, not the mood. You know, not this, all the things showing that, you know, which mood you are. That's why, you know, one of the things that the Sufi people always say, that in the life there are these things which are umur maqsooda, and there are things which are umur ghair maqsooda. Things which are intended. Allah SWT wants from you to do this. Like piety, fear of Allah SWT. These things are umur maqsooda, that's what you achieve. And there are some things umur ghair maqsooda, like you go and meet Sufi Shaykh and do bay'ah and you know all those things. They are umur ghair maqsooda. If you do bay'ah with the Shaykh, that bay'ah does not make you more pious to useless. Understand, you know, there's a story, uh, you know, one of the, somebody is speaker, he was giving a speech. And all the people in the speech, they're just sleeping, they're nobody actually moved. And he was very upset. Then one person, he was crying. You know, he saw him crying. So he became happy that at least one person, you know, at least listened something. So after the speech, he came to that person. He said, you know, I'm very happy that among all the dead people, you are the only person who understand, uh, understood me and you're crying. So he said, no, actually, the reason I was crying is that I had a goat, you know, sheep. It has got a beard like your beard. It died. So when you moved your beard, it reminded me of my sheep. So that was crying. So, you know, the thing is, this crying has no value. You know, people, people become in mood for anything. You know, I don't want to criticize women unnecessarily, but women have this problem more than men. If anything, if any funeral happens, to one or two women crying, to when there were other women will come, they also start crying. But this crying actually because just mood, because you know, it, is, it is not going to make them to become more pious. It is because they can't control themselves. Their heart is different. So they can't control themselves. So this crying does not have any value to Allah Taala. But the crying which can make you more pious. You know, when people read the Quran, they understand, and then the cry from their heart, and it makes them more fast like the companions, that cry has value. You know, that's that what the real thing is. To always keep in mind that, you know, Allah SWT wants from you, fi'al, not the fi'al. Maqam, not the hal. And all the Sufis these days, they only create hal, no maqam. While the Sufi of early time, like Junaid al-Baghdadi, Shibli, and Hassan al-Basri, people, if you, if you call them Sufi, they are the people of maqam. They don't even do bay'ah. They used to teach. They used to make you more pious. But in our time, they only create a mood to give a hal. They are only busy with umur ghair maqsooda. They have nothing to do with umur maqsooda.
while the Quran has come to teach you Umur Maqsuda, the prayer, the salah, the zakat, the hajj, things which can give you value to, to you. Yeah, Umur Maqsuda means things which are intended, meaning for which Allah has created you. The things that Allah wants from you. Like taqwa and piety and fear of Allah. Umur Ghair Maqsuda means, you know, that is not the maqsud, that is not purpose. But maybe they can help for the purpose. If they help, they're fine. If they don't help, they're not necessary. So like Muhammad Hanvi used to say, he's also a Sufi Shaykh, that don't need to buy with me. You need to learn from me. You know, buy is not important. It's not maqsad. The maqsad, you learn from me and you act upon the religion. But now everybody in the Tasawwuf, what they do? Only bayah. They have a shaykh and they, have, they are disciples and they are happy with that. No learning, no teaching, no piety, nothing. And what they do? In once a week or once a month, they get an assembly where they create a mood. So Qasida Burda and dancing and, you know, Mathnavi and this and that and they think that's enough. You know, Islam does not want that. Islam wants maqam, not the hal. Umur maqsuda, not umur ghair maqsuda. Islam wants from you fi'al, not the fi'al. So keep that in mind. Uh, inshallah, now we read the Quran, then you can see the success that Quran gives you, real success. It can save you from the fire of hell. But it comes after the struggle. It comes after the effort. It really needs effort. Even the Prophet Muhammad he is reminded to do effort. Quran actually said to him, in sub means, then work very hard. You know, hard, struggle. Quran does not want the person to sit around. You know, after the conquest of Makkah, he does not need to think, oh, I've done my, my, my job, now I rest. No. Quran says, after the conquest of Makkah, you need to struggle more. Work hard more. More prayers, more fasting, more dhikr. You know, that's what Quran wants, until you die. To faiza faragta, fan sab. In Surah Duha, Quran keeps telling the Prophet, don't think that, you know, you know always you have good things from Allah. Always things will come which will make pain for you will make actually which hurt your community, which will be a problem for you. But they are necessary. They will help actually to improve you. Don't think you always have battle of Badr. There will be also Uhud. Sometimes you will kill the people, sometimes they will kill you. Sometimes, you know, they will have pain, sometimes you have pain. You know, Quran says, if you have pain, they also have pain. وَتَرْزُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا This is, both are necessary. And Quran says, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا Those who make effort, then they guide Simple thing, I tell you one thing. Any success that comes to you without a struggle, without action, without labor, that is actually Muslim should be suspicious. Don't act that way. That never can be success. Any success which comes after the struggle, after the hard work, after action, that's a real success. But any success that comes just out of magic, you know, don't take it success. Because it's impossible. The prophets have to work hard. The Prophet Muhammad had to work hard. Anything that comes to you without working hard, without waking the night, without sacrificing your desire, without going against your desire, don't accept it. Any happiness that comes to you just by jumping and gay mood and this and that, don't accept it. That, that happiness is superficial. The happiness that comes to you after Iman, Islam, sacrifice, you know, work and hard work, the prayer, the zakat, that's the real one. Muslims always should be suspicious about any success, about any happiness which has no, no effort. Anything without the effort is useless. It, it ne never from Allah Taala. We believe in the labor plus value. We don't believe in any value without the labor. Understand this properly. There is no, no value in Islam without the labor. You pray, you get success. You pay zakat, then you get success. Every success connected with the labor, with the work, with effort. 
it's impossible for in Islam that you know you come to a Sufi shaykh and he was eating his, his food and then you eat his, his leftover and you become pious. It, is not, it does not happen. There's no, no easy way in Islam. It never can happen that you will take anybody's leftover or eat his leftover and you become pious. Piety needs struggle. It needs mujahada. It needs the prayer. It needs fasting. It needs zakat. It needs hajj. It needs dhikr. It needs struggle. To any, any success that comes to you without the struggle, don't take it. It is not the real. Real one is what Quran said. Those who do tasqiyah and tasqiyah not easy. And to purify yourself, mujahada, salah, you know, all those things, then after that come. So, okay, that, that is the main thing. The one thing I wanted to emphasize, because, you know, also these surahs, they are very, you know, concise, very short surah, but this is the main point. Now coming to surah to shams. To understand the surah to shams, and these actually all these four surahs, they are very well connected. Uh, you know, just keep in mind the real message of Surah Al-Balad. Surah Al-Balad is before that. In Surah Al-Balad, Quran has made clear that two groups of the people, Ashabul Maimana and Ashabul Mashama, the people of the right hand and the people of the left hand. Right hand people are those who have Iman and who have Sabr and Marhama. Means it is proper piety. You can see, Quran keeps saying Sabr. Sabr means, you know, Mujahada. So these are the people of the right hand. But those people who don't believe, don't have sabr, these are people of the left hand. And the Quran wants to say that this thing that people have in sabr, in piety, rahmah, this actually is connected very much with the history of the city of Makkah. The history of the city of Makkah is based on the sabr. It is based on the first submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That when the surah Quran is made the qasam, la uqsimu bihad al-balad. That city, if you look at the origin of the city, people are, you know, this all is for, for Quraysh. And Quraysh, Quraysh are proud that they are from that city, that holy city. And they are descendants of Ibrahim and Islam. And Quran reminds them their father Ibrahim. Quran wants to say, look your father. Look the city. City is based on the sacrifice. City is based on the, on the submission to Allah The city is based on the biggest history of the sabr. That Ibrahim and Islam, you know, sacrifice his son. The biggest story of the sabr happens in that city. So you need to have that. So Quran is reminding that, that the people of the right hand are the people who understand the message of this, this city properly, who understand the message and the sunnah of the founder of the city, Ibrahim properly. That how he was good in submission and how good he was in the sabr for Allah Taala. If Allah wanted to give anything without any action, he could have given to Ibrahim But Ibrahim needs to, to make sabr. Ibrahim needs to have submission. Allah said to Ibrahim, Allah said to him, do submission, surrender to me, surrender to my commands. Ibrahim said, I surrender to the Lord of the people. Then Ibrahim was taught that you know, go and sacrifice your son you know, for me. And then Ibrahim in the morning, he does this. this. And that's why his son is known in the Quran as the son of the sabr. So much patience. The Surah Al-Balad make very clear. That the history of the city, the history of the founder of the city, both make very clear that the religion basically submission, full submission to Allah Taala, and the religion is sabr. You have full patience. And if you do this, then you are among the people of the right hand. And if you don't do this, then you are from the people of the left hand. There is no easy way. You know, imagine really, who can love you more than Allah? Had there been any easier way, would he hide from you? Is there any messenger in the world more honest, 
then the Prophet Muhammad had there been any easy way to enjoy your suffering? Just think, if there is any easy way, if it is possible for the people to eat leftover of the Prophet or to drink leftover of the Prophet they become pious, why would make them to all the struggle? Why then battle of Badr and Uhud and, uh, and Hunayn and all those things? Thus everybody comes and drinks leftover of the Prophet There is no other easy way. Easiest way is what the Quran said to you. The easiest sunnah is sunnah of the Prophet There is no other easy way. This is the easy way. And the Quran actually goes to say in the next surah, Easy path. So this is main message. The remember the history of the city, Islam and Sabr. Remember the founder of the city, Ibrahim and Islam, you know, sacrifice, sabr is full in submission. And then Quran said, those who follow Ibrahim and Islam and they follow the history of the city, they are from the people of the right hand. And those who don't follow him, they are from the people of the left hand. Then in this surah, surah to Shams, Allah is warning the people who follow the way of the left hand people. So this surah basically surah al-Indar, surah of the warning. So among the people of Quraysh who don't want to follow Ibrahim al-Islam, who want to be arrogant, who want to deny the messenger, who want to reject the messenger, who want to be among the people of the left hand, left hand then Quran is going to, to warning them. And then next surah, surah al-Layl is more explanation of the people of the right hand. Who are the right-handed people? More explanation of that. More clear. Qadaf al-Hamar Zakkaha has been mentioned through the Shams, but more clearly has been explained in the next surah. And since Surah Duha and Surah Al-Layl, they tell you the result. That once people follow this, then what happened to them? The Prophet you know, he followed the path to Allah said to him, that I'll give you, you become happy, pleased. So this pleasing comes after that. But it all depends on the long struggle. So in Surah Shams, basically what is the main theme of the Surah Shams is Al-Indar, warning. And in this warning, Allah SWT has you know, mentioned here, you know, 15 verses are about the warning. 10 verses, 10 verses are there, are from the nature, from the fitra, and 5 are from the history. So 10 verses from the beginning, they are arguments, Allah SWT using the evidence from the nature, from what is around you, you can understand from that, that Allah SWT will reward you. And if people don't follow his path, punishment will come to you, them. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, last five verses, they are from the history of Arab people. Arab people knew two major nations around them. And they are descendants of them. And they are Aad and Thamud. If you know, Arab have been, you know, they are Al-Arab Al-Ba'idah, then they are Al-Arab Al-Ariba, then they are Al-Arab Al-Musta'araba. So Al-Arab Al-Ba'idah are those Arabs who had power. And then they have been destroyed. And then after that, their descendants, they come to basically in the Middle East, there used to be ancient Arab people, the old Arab civilization. And that was the civilization of the people of Ad and Thamud. And all the people of the Middle East, basically Syria, Iraq, in Egypt, and, and land around that, Yemen, all these were Arab people. Their language used to be the same Arabic language. After the destruction of Ad and Thamud, then these Arab tribes, they scattered. They dispersed in Syria, in Iraq, and this and that. And then, you know, they, they become different nations and also they have different languages. So, you know, like Hebrew language, Aramaic language, Syrian language, all these languages, they are descendants of the older Arabic language. So, they used to be ancient Arabic language and then after that came many, many modern languages. So, these all, you know, Hebrew and Syrian and Aramaic, they are modern languages. Like, for example, Latin, in Europe used to have Latin language. 
and from Latin came now what is actually French and German and English, whatever they are coming from that. Like in India, we used to have Sanskrit. And from Sanskrit came so many languages, Punjabi, Bengali, and this and that, so many languages. So similarly, in Middle East, they used to be Arabic language. And she had Arabic language and she had Arab people. From them, it came out. So like the Arabic language that we are reading now, this Arabic language, this is modern Arabic language. That came after the destruction of Ad and Thamud. And when then actually, this became the language of the people of Hijaz and Yemen. Around that, that is the modern Arabic language. The older Arabic language actually has, you know, is the mother of the all other languages. That's why you can see they are so close uh, uh, from each other. To Ad and Thamud, they are ancestors of Arab people. And they are so powerful, they used to basically rule you know, most of the known world. And there was no power on the face of that stronger than them, Ad and Thamud. And the Quran actually has amazing description for them. So Arabs knew them very clearly, and there are so many Arab poetry which actually you know, describes them. We hope you enjoyed today's lecture and pray that it will be beneficial to you. Remember to tune in for the next one. For more insightful content in full HD quality on tafsir and other Islamic sciences such as hadith, fiqh, Arabic prose, grammar and morphology as well as Islamic history, female scholarship and much, much more, subscribe to our unique streaming platform on www.deepdeen.tv that's d-e-e-p-d-e-e-n.tv don't forget to visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and show your support please click on the donate button and give whatever you can our institution is dependent on the generosity of donors like yourselves